Welcome to Reasoning Through the Bible. My name is Glenn, and today you're going to hear a bit of a special treat. We're going to take a bit of a deviation from our normal verse-by-verse Bible study. And you're going to hear today a special presentation that we recorded. This really an informal discussion that Steve and I did as we were preparing some time back for our series on Matthew. And whenever we would get to a difficult passage or a passage that involved some degree of study, that we would often talk about these things in advance prior to recording them. And so today you're going to hear one of our informal discussions that talks about some end times things and some areas of theology. And so you'll hear today some things that aren't often talked about. And what I wanted to do before we get into that is talk about some of these terms. You'll hear us throw around some terms like dispensationalism and covenant theology and amillennialism and preterism, and in the discussion, we don't explain what those are. So I thought I'd do that here briefly before we get into listening to our discussion. Covenant theology is a system of biblical interpretation that focuses on the covenants, specifically saying that there was a covenant in the Old Testament and a new covenant in the New Testament. And the old covenant, according to covenant theology, was a covenant of works, and the new covenant is a covenant of grace. And that is in contrast to dispensationalism. Dispensationalism really just means administrations. And a dispensationalist would hold that God had different administrations that he gave, different expectations, if you will, He said some things under Moses, there was a law, some things prior to Moses, before the law, some things now under the church age. A dispensationalist would hold that while there's only one way of salvation for all people in all times, that is, only one way is by faith, nevertheless, God has different expectations or administrations that he would give at various times and eras. And so those two views, covenant theology and dispensationalism, are often in contrast with each other. And where they have one of the biggest impacts is end times. The dispensationalists would typically hold that there's a literal 1,000-year reign, as mentioned in the latter part of the book of Revelation, that there would be a literal 1,000-year reign uh, on the earth of Jesus. A covenant theologian would typically not believe that and would have a a different view of the end times. And another term you'll hear is amillennialism. And amillennialist would merely hold ah meaning not or without. And so without a literal millennium. And so the teaching there would be that we today are in the glorious millennium that is spoken of in scripture. Whereas a dispensationalist would hold that these things are all future. Preterism is a way of looking at biblical prophecy, and a preterist would say that most of the prophecies that were predicted in the the Bible were completed in the first century, at least most of the prophecies around Jesus Christ, and that a lot of the destruction that is mentioned in the Bible happened to Jerusalem in 70 AD when the Romans came in. And so those are just a little bit of setup for our discussion today. 
we were actually discussing Matthew chapter 19, verse 28, that talks about Jesus sitting on his glorious throne and the 12 disciples sitting on thrones and, and judging Israel. And we were talking about these various systems. And so I think you'll find today's discussion very interesting. And I hope you'll tune in. And I'll come back at the end and we'll have a bit of a wrap up. And so here's our discussion on Matthew 19, verse 28. End of Matthew 19. There's this little phrase in here where Jesus had just given these talks about how hard for a rich man to get into heaven, mm-hmm. camel to the eye of a needle bit, right? Yeah. And in 1927, Peter asked this question, we left everything, what are we going to get? Right. And one of the phrases there in Matthew 19, 28, you who have followed me in the regeneration, yeah. when the Son of Man will sit on his glorious throne, you yeah. also shall sit on 12 thrones, judging the 12 tribes of Israel. Right. So... I come across this, and I'm, I'm sitting here scratching my chin saying, okay, I think I know what that means. But I want to see what the covenant theology guys explain that. Okay. Because the covenant guys not going to take it like you and me take it. Right. And so I, there's a Baptist board. I don't know if you've ever been on it. It's a forum, online message board forum. Okay. And it's pretty cool. You can get all kinds of discussion because everybody disagrees on everything. Yeah, yeah. But if you want to find out how the other guy thinks, right. you can get on there, and, and which is what I just did. So I asked him about this. And, okay, what do you guys think? And the first answer to the question was they skipped right over it and missed the question entirely. <laughs> Because they're not even thinking of the details. Right. Okay. Yeah. But it helped me clarify their teaching a little bit. And and did you direct it at the covenant theology people? Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Right. yeah. I specifically said, you guys that are covenant, covenant theologians, how do you, you, what yeah. do you do with it? Yeah. And so th- the first thing they got into was just, I had used in my original question, I used the word replacement. And they okay. said, okay, that's that's nothing we teach. Right. We don't teach replacement theology. That's something you dispensationalists made up to throw at it. <laughs> I mean, that's basically what this. So what they actually said was the the, the church in Israel, the church did not replace Israel. It's the same thing. Okay, and it always was the same thing. Yeah, correct. Which okay. which is oh anyway, we won't so, get into right. that. But anyway, so and, and we make a distinction that the church is the church and Israel is Israel. Correct. So, yeah. But they don't. Yeah, I'm okay. sure. Yeah. And, okay, I'll agree that we're, I mean, Paul makes the point in Romans, we're saved by the same faith that Abraham was saved under. Right. Right? Correct. So from that standpoint, the right. way we get right with God hasn't ever changed. Everybody, been, has, yeah. everybody has been saved by the same faith. Right. And everybody is saved <laughs> by the blood of Jesus Christ. Right? Right. Past right. And, as well as present so, and future. But, again... Israel and church are, in their sense, as far as saved people, the same thing. Yeah, it's and a continuation. National yeah. Israel has is cut off and isn't a, isn't a thing anymore. Right. And so they got into all of that. Right. And I come back and say, okay, it really wasn't a question. <laughs> <laughs> the question is, it says right here, you shall sit on 12 thrones judging the 12 tribes. Mm-hmm. Well, if the 12 tribes of Israel aren't really quote-unquote, the church, how do you explain this in covenant theology? Right. And so a couple of them came back, and what they were actually, I got two different answers. And one of them was a little more thoughtful than the other. 
But the best of the two basically said, okay, in the regeneration, what it says there, mm-hmm. the regeneration mm-hmm. is after day of Pentecost when we're saved. Saved people, the church age, mm-hmm. the apostles are then judging in a punitive sense Israel. And, of course, they bring up 70 A.D. And he said that's when... Just preterism. preterism. I mean, well, well partial, pa- partial preterism. But they said, okay, Israel was judged. That's what it says here, judge, which mm-hmm. means, in their minds mean punishment. The apostles in the church age were in authority punishing Israel. Okay. Mm-hmm. That was the better of the two. Okay. <laughs> the <laughs> okay. Other one, the All right. Well, that's pretty thin. So the, other anyway, one, go ahead. the other one was, oh, it's just kind of figurative. Talking about thrones. It's not a literal throne, and he's not really talking about the tribes. You know, it's, it's like your story. Well, oh, you got to be reasonable. Yeah. Right? I, yeah. I keep coming back to that. So, so it, it seems like when these people are actually challenged, I say these people, whenever you have people that are teaching a, per, a perspective and then they're challenged on it with biblical sense, so to speak. If they can't explain it, they come back to you got to be reasonable or it's figurative language or it's allegorical or it's something like that. They, they, to your point, they never really explain. There's no consistency in their position. So anyway, he said it's figuratively. Let me actually read what the better of the two said so I can get his thoughts right here. Because a lot of them just came back with, okay, talking about the, the overall covenants, right? Israel and the church. Okay, here it is. Earlier, Jesus tells the disciples that the entrance to heaven is impossible without God. You can't be saved through good works. This shocks the disciples. Peter wonders out loud what the disciples will do. That was his question. Mm-hmm. So here's the explanation from these covenant theologian guys about Matthew 19.28. Here, Jesus tells them that they will judge unregenerate Israel for not believing in Jesus as their Messiah. The apostles first went to the nation of Israel in the book of Acts before they were dispersed. They gave Israel fair warning before 70 AD Mm -hmm. and the destruction of Jerusalem. As apostles, Mm -hmm. they judge Israel for its unbelief. Here, Jesus says that every tribe of Israel is judged and the apostles are the witnesses to their unbelief and judge them as guilty. The apostles then went to the rest of the world to spread the good news. The term in the verse translated as new world is the same word used for regeneration. Some of the translations say in the regeneration and some of them say in the new world. So we can understand that upon the apostles' regeneration, being made new men in Christ, they would judge Israel for its unbelief. So, okay. so, so my, my question would be, okay, can, where are the biblical texts that show us that the apostles were judging the nation of Israel up to 70 AD to declare them as being, you see what I'm saying? Where, well, where, where are the I, biblical I texts? I didn't go back and forth with I, this I know, guy, but I know, I, I, I'm I know. with you. That's what I'm saying. As a matter of fact, what, what, not only do I not have those, yeah, but what I don't we think do there are any. Is, it, it sure didn't look like they were judging them. It, yeah, exactly. What, what happened? I mean, James and, and Peter, Peter got thrown in prison by the Jewish leaders. It right. sure don't sound like who's right. judging who here. Right. And James gets killed. Right. Peter, 
ends up being accused, except for a, he's in prison a couple of times, other right. than a miraculous movement of God gets him out of there. Paul is beaten up several times. The entirety of the 12 apostles died martyrs' deaths. Right. So where and how, I mean, maybe John, but he was on Patmos. He, he was exiled. He was exiled. Yeah. So exactly how are they judging Israel here? Right. Well, and that's why my, my, my question would be, well, where are your texts that show that they were? Because I don't think there are any. There's not any texts, biblical texts that show them that they're judging the nation of Israel in, in relation to it. Okay. So, so then, so I look up a couple of things and what it hinged on to me is this word regeneration that mm-hmm. some of the translations put new world, but it, it, it's actually says regeneration. It's yes. used twice in the New Testament. The lexicons bring in, and, and it is used indeed in the New Testament, it's used right here, and it's used one other time where it talks about clearly regeneration with the Holy Spirit. So right. It's talking about the new man. Right. You look it up in the lexicon, and they say, well, look, in the Koine Greek literature, it's used in two senses. Mm-hmm. One sense is indeed how a human gets regenerated. Another one is... It's used like after the flood. Mm-hmm. The world was destroyed. Right. And the world is regenerated. Yeah. Now, it doesn't use it in the New Testament like that, but in the Koine Greek body of literature, it does. Right. And so the question then comes in is not where was it. This is just basic hermeneutics. It's it's okay. It, the other 99 times a word is used may be in one sense, but how is it used here? Right. Is the question. What context is this one? And yeah. you can't, it doesn't always work just because it's used someplace else. Uh, how do we interpret this? So the word can be either taken as in the regeneration when you 12 guys are, are new people in Christ, or it also could be at the end of the age after the tribulation period when the world's regenerated. And so here's where I'm going with this yeah. is that. It says, in the regeneration, when the Son of Man will sit on his glorious throne, is he mm. sitting on the glorious throne now? You also shall sit on twelve thrones. Did that happen while the twelve apostles were walking the earth? And I'm sorry, but tribes mean tribes. Right. And twelve means twelve. Right. And judge means judge. Right. And so, to me, I'm looking for a time when the twelve apostles are sitting underneath Jesus Christ in his glory. Right. When they're actually in authority, right. that's a, you're sitting on a throne, you're in authority right. over 12 tribes. Right. And that didn't happen in the first century. No, it didn't. And to add to that, the context here, this comes right after this interaction that Jesus had with a rich young ruler or a rich man. And he tells him, sell everything and come follow me. And he walked away Sad. Okay. He goes away sad. Then Peter said, and then he, he, and then his, his summation is it's going to be hard for a rich man, right? That's the context of Peter's question. Peter's question is in context of that. Well, what about us? Okay. Because Jesus says it's hard for a rich man to enter the kingdom of heaven. Again, keeping with this theme and again, which I subscribe to that this is talking about the, what we call the millennial or the, messianic kingdom, Peter asks the question, what about us? We've given everything. 
And his response is, for you that have followed me in the regeneration, I believe that that is referring back to the kingdom of heaven. So it's the regeneration of the nation of Israel, number one. Okay. Okay. This is, I'm, I'm agreeing with you. I'm walking through this logically as well. So that's number one. The regeneration that it's talking about in the context of everything that just happened is the kingdom of heaven, the messianic kingdom. When he, okay. Well, when is that? When he sits on his glorious throne, that is his glorious throne. When he's sitting on his right. throne in the messianic kingdom, today he's not sitting on his glorious throne. He's sitting at the right hand of the Father. That's where Jesus is today. And his glorious throne is that over purview of the nation of Israel for that thousand-year reign, the everlasting reign right. of the kingdom of David, okay, house of David, all right? And he talks about when the Son of Man will sit on his glorious throne. So again, this is talking, he's taking, he's talking about this, the, the kingdom, the earthly kingdom. Right. You also will sit upon those 12 thrones judging the 12 tribes of Israel. So it fits in with everything that you and I have been going through in that there is right. a messianic kingdom. The messianic kingdom is the nation of Israel regenerated. There are 12 tribes again, once again. That's what you come out with with a nation of Israel, right? So yeah. to me, it all fits together and in conjunction with everything that has been going on in, in Matthew and to me, it's a contortion for the people that say that God is through with Israel. Yeah. Okay. And they might not like the term replacement, that the church is replaced, and they can do a little bit of gymnastics around that. That's okay if you don't want to use replacement. The bottom line is that their point is, is that God is now through with Israel, and now he's working through the church, and Israel is no more, right? right. Israel will never come right. back. It was judged in 70 right. AD and stuff. And right. I don't believe that other biblical texts support that. I believe that there's there's definitely Paul talks about it in Romans and in others that God is not through with Israel and that the Old Testament prophecies that are still out there that haven't been fulfilled yet talk about a regenerated ish, nation of Israel yeah. on and on and on and on and on. So to me, it's a weak argument that they come up with because of their presupposed theology oh, yeah. of Israel. Right. God is through with Israel. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And I mean, to me, not only that, but if, if right now today we are in what this verse says, the regeneration. Yeah. Yeah. Then it would mean Christ is now sitting on his glorious throne. Right. And the apostles are on their thrones. Yeah. And I'm sorry. And there's a nation of Israel. Our churches are a mess. I mean, look at our churches for Christ. They, they split regularly. We have arguments. Right. Uh, there's, there's sin in the church. There's sin in us. I mean, sometimes if we're honest, we'll admit a lot of times we're stuck in Romans 7. The things I don't want to do, that I do. Right. And so we, we are like stuck in Romans 7 wanting to get to Romans 8, where the glorious time is. But if right now is the glorious time, then Lord help us, because our lives are a mess, our churches are a mess. Our, you know, it's, it, we, we need Christ to come back and actually sit on a glorious throne, and, and, and our countries are in a mess. Well, a couple of a couple of things too to add to that. Prior to 1948, the all millennialists and the covenant theologies and, and theologians could say that God is no longer dealing with Israel. 
But now we have a nation of Israel. We have a reconstituted nation of Israel today. It's secular. Yeah. Okay. It's not the millennial kingdom. And part of the ways that we know that is that they're under threat. They're under th- right. constant threat from their neighbors. Right. So right. it's just a matter of time before they get attacked. So that is not the type of kingdom that has been promised for the nation of Israel. So, but where I was going with this is if God is done with the nation of Israel, how do you explain the nation of Israel reconstituting itself? Right? Right. And so I think it fits into the prophecies that talk about the nation of Israel coming back. And I mean, they're out there. They they Ezekiel. The dry bones? Yes. There's a period where the bones come back together right. as a body, but there's no life in it yet. Correct. That's where we are. And and even though this this nation of Israel today is secular in their politics and, and such, there is a faction of religious. There's also a faction of Messianic, right. right, Christian Jews, but there's also Orthodox. They have prepared the third temple. They have plans for the third temple. They've got all the utensils for the third temple. They've been working on the red heifer, right? breeding the red heifer that has right. to be used in order the ashes to purify all those utensils and stuff. Right. So there's a lot of activity that's going on in order to do that. And, of course, I, I know that's another sore subject with the people that don't believe that they're like, right. well, what do you need a temple for? What do you need sacrifices for? That's a whole other discussion, okay? And, and none of those sacrifices that they'll have relate to replace Jesus's sacrifice. That's all explainable, and uh, we'll probably go into that at some point in time. But the point of that is is that prior to 1948, you could reasonably say, okay, well, I can see you know, Israel is, is not ever going to come back together, but they are now. Wouldn't you agree that there's a, there's a tribulation period. Yes. All that stuff in Revelation that yep. the world basically gets destroyed. Right. Which is, which is noted as the time of Jacob's trouble. The time of Jacob's trouble. Would Jacob would be the nation of Israel. And the world would indeed need regenerating. Yes. After that. I mean, just yeah. read all the, right. All the bold judgments and all that other stuff in Revelation. The world's going to need regenerating. Right. Yes. So that's yeah. the regeneration is the millennial kingdom. In this context here. Yes. Correct. I mean, there still is a new heavens and new earth that will, will end up at some point in time, right, that Peter talks about. But yes, this is the regeneration that's here. Okay. I hope you enjoyed that. Uh, of course, Matthew nineteen twenty eight talks a lot about whether these things were happening in the church age or with the last things. If you want more information, then I would encourage all of our listeners to go back to our study on Matthew, specifically when we talked about Matthew chapter 24 and 25. We went into quite a bit of detail about how these end times things are interpreted and whether or not those passages were for the first century or the church age or the end times. And we went through it, again, in somewhat detail, going verse by verse very carefully to these passages. So I hope you enjoyed this. And if you have questions about that, then I would encourage you to contact us and let us know your thoughts. You can reach us at info, that's I-N-F-O, at reasoningthroughthebible.com. And I hope you'll stay with us in the future as we reason through the Bible. (laughs) 